U.S. Representative Glenn Grothman. <laughs> Glad to be on the show. Glad to have you out of the swamp. Uh, it, boy, it's busy. Glenn, of course, is our uh, our guest in the first segment. We've got uh, a much to go over as well uh, from the swamp. We'll get to that in just a moment. We're going to give you a chance to win today the Fall Fortune Cash Contest coming your way in the 10 o'clock hour. We had a big winner on uh, El Rushbo yesterday. Let's do it again today, shall we? And two more tickets to give away to see Tim Allen, maybe the last conservative man standing in Hollywood. Uh, uh, some win them before you can buy them tickets at Riverside Theater for the show coming up on June 23rd of next year. We'll get those to you coming up later this hour. But first and foremost... Representative, what a week. We have much to get to before you get on out of here. And you ought to see this guy, by the way. Oh, I'm still out of breath from running out of that swamp. It's, always, it's always great when they ring the bell and I got to come back home. I was in the Oshkosh Christmas parade last night. What could be better? What could be better? Well, sitting here with yours truly, Matt Absolutely. Kittle, talking that's about the issues better. of the right, day. Maybe right, that's right. even better. Now, this guy, he cleans up. Let me tell you, folks, he's got the smart-looking... Uh, navy blue suit on with the red tie, the blue stripe. We got to get a picture of this guy up online. He's ready. <laughs> he's ready to go on over and uh, and and talk uh, economy and politics and all that sort of stuff here in Madison. So he joined us in the bunker studio this morning, doing double duty. I had to fill in quickly uh, for Dan Conry, and now on the Dan O'Donnell show, it's two Dan's no waiting for it. Two Dan's and a Matt. <sighs> Great. Huh? How about we're here that? to talk about all the issues of the day. we got all the issues of the day, and of course we have to start off with the biggest issue. A vote yesterday in the House, a tax reform bill. Of course, every Democrat in the House voted against it. Now, they are campaigning already hard against it, but they are going to have to stand up, Glenn, and say, I voted against a tax cut for most Americans. And, and you've got to realize that, in general, Almost anybody say, making $100,000 is going to get a tax cut. There are going to be a few people are going to go up, and at least on a, a back-of-the-envelope computation, I get my taxes going up. And that is because I think the small segment of the population of taxes will go up are people who are, because congressmen are, well paid. We don't like to brag about that. but uh, <laughs> You do all right. We do okay. You're not taking any hurt. Um, people who do not own their own business, but our well-compensated employees could have their taxes go up in the plan. So it bothers me a little when you hear these Democrats saying, this is for the rich, this is for the rich. Hey, wait a minute. The people uniformly will benefit will be the average guy and the small segment of the population whose taxes will actually go up will largely be well-compensated people who do not own their own business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I understand that. It, it, this is my knock on this particular bill, one of them. Uh, and, and I don't want to be, you know, let perfection get in the way of the, the ultimate good. But I, I am concerned. I, I feel this way. Uh, listen, if you earn the money, you ought to be able to keep the money. Uh, I talked to a tax expert from the Heritage Foundation, Romina uh, mm. Baccio, yesterday. Excellent. She broke it all down. The numbers are startling. And nobody wants to talk about him. The lowest three uh, percent in this country, or the lowest, the lowest um, tax threshold in this country, pay three percent of of ultimate taxes. The wealthiest, smallest percentage pay seventy percent. 
it's a hell of a burden. Now, that's I guess that's what we get in this country if we want to have uh, you know government services and all of that sort of thing. But there is a question of fairness. Are you concerned about this? Well, this question I, of fairness? I'm not sure. You know, under this bill, less people or more people be paying no taxes at all. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I didn't put put together the bill. I was able to weigh in a little bit. I'm not sure it's good to progress in a situation in which more and more and more Americans don't pay any tax at all. Uh, I'd like to aim for the average working guy, and I think I did weigh in and help the average working guy in this bill, but you have to question a bill in which such a sizable segment of Americans already pay no income taxes, in which that goes up. Should the Republicans be bragging about that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you think about uh, Senator Ron Johnson uh, this week telling the Wall Street Journal, I don't support this bill. I don't support it right now. Uh, I don't support this tax reform legislation because I think it uh, serves some special interest to the detriment of smaller businesses. Well, I've talked to Ron a little bit about it. I don't mean to speak on his behalf. I will say this. The primary purpose of the tax bill, in addition to allowing American taxpayers to keep more of the money they worked for and they deserve to keep, is to improve the American economy. And by improving the American economy and making it more competitive, we're largely talking about the manufacturing sector, right? Because manufacturers are the ones who have to compete against businesses abroad. In this bill, insofar as how they deal with what they call pass-throughs, businesses that are not C corporations, you could argue that manufacturers are not treated as well as some other business sectors. And manufacturers should be number one. They shouldn't be behind, say, real estate uh, real estate investors. Say. And I think insofar as that is true, Ron is right. And somehow they lost their way. I think a lot of other people on the House floor yesterday realized that, well, this is a good bill. They expect it to be improved a little bit by the Senate and improved a little in conference committee. And insofar as Ron Johnson can weigh in and help bring the focus back on manufacturers, he's doing good stuff. And I do believe Ron's going to vote for the bill eventually, but I think he's one of the guys who's going to improve it a little bit over what we passed in the House. What do you think about all of the squabbling going on in the Senate yesterday? Hatch and Brown screaming back and forth about it. And and it all comes back again. The Democrats have one thing. It is the class warfare, the standard old chestnut that they roll out every time somebody wants to lower somebody's taxes. Um, I can't wait to really dig in my own tax return. Like I said, I think my taxes are going up. This idea that this is a bill for the rich and not the average guy, just is not true. I mean, talk to any tax preparer, they can see right away, uh, as far as people on the lower end or moderately lower end, that big increase in the standard deduction, that helps the average guy. A rich guy doesn't need the standard deduction because their their state income taxes, their charitables are already going to be over that. So that's purely a provision to help people who are in, in the lower half of the income spectrum. Like I said, I'm not sure it's a good idea, but less people are going to be paying taxes. And I'll, I'll say something else that's kind of, I found amusing in Madison. One of the things that's frustrating is we first saw this bill before it was amended two weeks ago yesterday. Mm. I and mean, that's even irresponsible. I can even say I'm a little bit mad about that. Yeah. But f- before that, for months, you had both Republicans and Democrats weighing in, saying how good or bad it was. And I find it kind of curious because they didn't know what was in it. I mean, you go back. Sounds reminiscent to another big piece of legislation several years ago with Nancy Pelosi. Right. If you turn on the TV three or four weeks ago and you saw a Republican telling you how good this bill was or a Democrat telling you how bad this bill was, they didn't have a clue. 
because the bill wasn't out there and I didn't know it was in it. And I'm in Congress and I'd ask people, you know, you got to wait, you got to wait, you got to wait. So we had a lot of people who, you know, I guess they wanted to be on TV, couldn't resist saying how good it was or couldn't resist saying how bad it was. And I think, though, uh, where I bring it in, when you hear a Democrat say that this is a bill for the rich, you've got to remember, this is something that they were... Uh, I love that ringtone, by the way. It's I, I very don't know lucky, what lucky charm yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. an Irish. Who knows is that? that an that Irish is? Uh, little... Uh, I, I don't know what we call that. Yeah, okay. um, I, it's uh, magically delicious. <laughs> I want to tell it you that delicious. right now. Um, any Democrat, the Democrats were all saying this bill was for the rich three weeks ago. They had no idea it was in the bill. Yeah. I mean, that shows how much you have to take into account. And admittedly, there were a lot of Republicans saying how wonderful it was who didn't know what it was either. But uh, it, it just shows they had their speeches written before the bill was released. Did Pelosi whip them up and say, if you dare vote for this bill, Democrat, you will be in the seventh circle uh, of political hell? She might have, because there are things in this bill that, you know, if you look out for the average guy, you have a hard time voting against. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had to lean on some Democrats who would have rather voted for this thing. The Senate giveth, the Senate taketh away. We're all excited hearing about the end of the Obamacare uh, individual mandate. That's what they were going to push. And then, all of a sudden, as all of these things turn out to be, it is tempered, our exuberance is tempered by the notion that they are, that Congress will now do what uh, Obama decided he was going to do extra-constitutionally and uh, give the subsidies to the insurance trade as a trade-off for getting rid of the individual mandate. What have you heard lately about this? What do you think of all of, all of that that's going on? I think the Senate will get rid of the individual mandate because, quite frankly, it gives us more money to play with. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there are a lot of people in Washington. I, I can't care this. It's good to have tax cuts. It's not good to have big spending increases. But it amazes me sitting in these rooms in Washington, the number of people who are for both simultaneously. And uh, they all have good ideas, uh, new ways to cut taxes, and good ideas on how to spend more money. You get rid of the individual mandate, and it does give us more money for both things. So I think they will not be able to resist getting rid of it, and we, it's something we should get rid of. But will they temper that with more money going in to subsidize the uh, insurance industry? Which, of course, that was all part of the Ponzi scheme, the shell game, because Obama said, don't worry, I know, insurance industry, you're not going to break even here because of this forced government health insurance that we're shoving down your throat. But don't worry, wink, wink, nod, nod. We'll, I'll, pay, I'll make a few phone calls, I'll take care of it. We'll at least get you break even, make you t uh, turning a profit, of course, thanks to taxpayers. Do, do you, do you, is that going to stay in, do you think? Or, or? Um, I would not. We have got to do something about Obamacare. It's very frustrating that that was not included in the reconciliation instructions right now. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime in the next three or four months Congress passes something putting more money in the system, but we will see. Congressman Glenn Grothman joins us, Republican from Glenn Beulah. I just wanted a couple minutes left, and I know you got to get on out of here. I, I do appreciate I really do appreciate you uh, uh, sticking around with us on the Dan O'Donnell Show this morning. Um, I wanted to get to the real stuff that ultimately matters for fiscal conservatives and for taxpayers. Uh, but 
I, I think we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the nastiness that's going on with the sexual misconduct from politicians, from senators, and from would-be senators. Let's start with Roy Moore. Um, obviously, the left has been drilling Roy Moore, has been drilling this theme, Roy Moore ought to get out, your own party saying Roy Moore ought to get out. Where do you stand on uh, the, the Senate candidate from Alabama? I think... We have got to find a way to get an electable candidate on the ballot in Alabama who stands for border security, stands for doing something about the welfare state, and stands for doing something about the deficit. And as I understand it, there are different laws down there in Alabama. Maybe President Trump has to weigh in. But somehow we have to realize that the Republican Party, we're not the party of Bill Clinton. You know, maybe they can run somebody like this as a Democrat and they'll all, you know, applaud him at the next Democrat convention and and forget what he does. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Roy Moore is as bad as Bill Clinton. But uh, personal behavior, although I think it's pretty bad, very bad, very bad. It seems like these are indeed allegations that he has has denied. And and if those allegations were true, you know, he really shouldn't be a senator. And uh, uh, but I, I think somehow President Trump and the governor of Alabama has to find a way to make sure that the people of Alabama get to vote in a statewide election for somebody who believes in closed borders, uh, who believes in doing something about the welfare state and doing something about the deficit. I, I don't know. Is it better or worse than Clinton? I don't know. I don't know. They're both both pretty bad. I think Clinton's more approved. They're 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 both pretty bad. We, we get into this whole notion of uh, better and and uh, not. But so they're bad. both both should both should be persona non grata in in uh, the allegations against. And again, it's allegations. And the, one of the problems I have is an investigative reporter who has covered government abuse and politically driven investigations and movements against people in the era of destruction politics is that these are allegations now they're pretty damning allegations no doubt about it don't get me wrong and if he did these things he's a he's a scumbag and he ought to get the hell then, out of there then more should not be become a senator you're absolutely right but is it not alabama's choice and that's what the republican party in alabama has said today uh we're going to keep him on the ballot we'll let the voters of alabama decide what is it what is it uh why does nancy pelosi get to weigh in. I mean, she can say whatever she wants to say, but and not just Nancy Pelosi. Why does uh, Senator John McCain, wh- what, what is his, why does his thought matter more than the Alabama voter who's got to live with Roy Moore? Well, like it or not, you just asked me my opinion. I did. And I wish we had somebody else on the ballot. We have to find a way to get somebody else on the ballot. Um, I, I will grant you it's the people down there in Alabama who may know more about this gentleman because he is in Alabama. Maybe they know somebody who knows him. Uh, there's some people who may just say, you know, it happened so long ago, maybe we believe it, but we're going to overlook it or whatever. We don't know what the mores down there are. Uh, again, it affects the whole country if uh, we have another senator who does not believe that our borders are things to be enforced. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, it affects you and I. And um, we're we're, we're, we're so close to losing this country. And um, it's important we have a a senator down there who 
who believes in protecting America. It was very striking to me that uh, there was a big press conference planned. Of course, it was tax day, so the Democrats were going to go into and dig into the House tax plan. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and crew had a big press conference scheduled, but they were going to drill the Roy Moore narrative. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> before they were going to launch it, Al Franken, as Vicky has uh, aptly described Mr. Franken, uh, Al Franken-Groper, we get the photo, we get the story, the damning story, we get the apology. There is a perverse calculus, Glenn, that is going on in politics in Washington today. And like it or not, this is what happened. The Democrats had an advantage with the Roy Moore story. They certainly had their accomplices in the mainstream media going along with them on all of that. And they had their accomplices among the Republican Party who didn't want anything to do with this sort of thing. And now Al Franken comes along, and it in many ways negates the damage that Roy Moore is doing to the Republican brand. What do you think about all of this that's going on? Well, I think the thing about Al Franken is he's a product of Hollywood. And as much as the politicians have done to, to damage this country, and they've done an awful lot, I would argue that Hollywood may have, have done as much as far as the, the moral downward spiral. So it's not surprising that we have, you know, kind of Mr. Hollywood of the U.S. Senate uh, engaging clearly in appropriate activity. And apparently over the years, you know, you dig up his old skits and such. There's all sorts of stuff that is wrong. Something you wouldn't expect from a U.S. Yeah, he's Senate. the same guy, by the way, that made the funny in 1995, I believe in a New York Times publication, where he uh, he made a funny bit, a funny joke about uh, raping Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes. Just horrible. Just ha, horrible. Ha, ha. The people in Minnesota elected him? Well, um, but we do have a problem in Hollywood, and I wish somehow we could get some alternative stuff out there on TV, uh, in the movies, so you didn't have this stuff that is really, I think, produced or pushed by people like Al Franken or uh, the name of the big Hollywood guy, Wein Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, open I mean, up you know, the floodgates uh, to all of this. Right. And, uh, you know, it's not surprising that the personal lives of some of the people giving us the sludge on the big and little screens mm -hmm. uh, are a mess. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, one quick question, and thank you again. I know you got to get off to your event this morning, uh, back to the tax plan. Are we going to get real tax reform for Americans to the president's desk by Christmas? I think so. I think, uh, you know, it's hard for Republicans to vote against tax cuts. Uh, I, I was glad to vote for the House plan yesterday. I think a lot of people are hoping that the Senate plan improves a little bit over that in some regards, and then people are hoping that the conference committee plan improves over that a little bit. But... Republicans are for tax cuts, if nothing else. I don't know how you can be a Republican and say they're not going to be for tax cuts. So I'll be very surprised if something is not done by Now there are double-digit Republicans in uh, that, that House who said we're not for at least this tax plan. Well, it's a difficult thing for congressmen from states that had high-income taxes. It wasn't surprising. Actually, I think in general we were pleased that it was such a small number. And... None of the U.S. senators are really from those states. So um, it'll be very disappointing if they don't get something out of the Senate. And uh, I think we will, provided you you maintain the, the cuts on manufacturing that are so important for bringing jobs back to America, it's hard to imagine the Senate coming up with a plan that the House will not. Vote for. Congressman Glenn Grothman, 